for Tuesday, April 21st, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, Governor Brian Kemp says some Georgia businesses will be able to reopen for basic operations later this week. And even if that causes COVID-19 cases to rise, he's confident the state will be able to handle them. Kemp is saying what lots of people who are worried about this move will say, that more people are going to get the virus as people start to move around, as things start to reopen. And his answer is that we'll be ready for it. Emma Hurt, WABE government and politics reporter, joins me for more on Kemp's plan for getting Georgia to a new normal. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Governor Brian Kemp wants to get Georgia's economy moving again, only three weeks after issuing a statewide shelter-in-place order to stop the spread of the coronavirus. He announced yesterday that some businesses could open as early as this Friday. Others could start to open next week. Though we should clarify, the governor says things will not be going back to business as usual. And it's not totally clear at this point in time that Georgia is out of the woods yet when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic. The governor himself acknowledges there could be a human toll to the decisions being made right now. Joining me to discuss is Emma Hurt. She covers government and politics for WABE. Hey, Emma. Hey, Sam. Just to start, walk us through kind of specifically what the governor announced yesterday. It was a slew of things, and it was basically his steps to begin reopening Georgia's economy. So first, things that are now encouraged, that weren't previously prohibited, but were discouraged. Elective surgeries and procedures were never technically forbidden, but are now encouraged again. And socially distant in-person church services are now okay. But he says virtual services remain a good idea. And on Friday, we've got businesses reopening. So the first batch of what had been shuttered businesses that will be allowed to reopen for minimum basic operations are hair and nail salons, tattoo parlors, bowling alleys, gyms and fitness centers. And minimum basic operations here means operations necessary to maintain the value of the business. And then on Monday, we've got dine-in restaurants, theaters, and private social clubs that are also going to be able to reopen. All of these, the governor says, are still subject to social distancing parameters, sanitation, hand-washing protocols, temperature and symptom screening of employees. But this will be a big step for those businesses that to this point have been totally closed. Did Governor Kemp lay out how this would actually work 
practically, what are these business operations going to look like? And and what does this mean for the shelter-in-place order that we're still under right now? So he said that more details will come as the week progresses. That's why they gave themselves some some lead time here. But, you know, if you take the barbershop or hair salon, for example, and you look at what is in the executive order, it says, okay, workers need six feet between their workspaces and as much social distance as is possible between workers and clients. But in his speech, Kemp suggested maybe it'd be a good idea to wear a mask when you're cutting someone's hair. But these details aren't exactly laid out for each business yet. And a lot of it will be up to individual businesses, it sounds like, to make themselves and their clients feel safe. Kemp said that businesses will have to make people trust them. And this is a new normal here. Again, not business as usual. And regarding the shelter in place order, he said that it's still set to expire at the end of April for most Georgians, but that for vulnerable populations like the elderly, they should expect to stay home through mid-May, which is currently when our state of public health emergency expires. Walk us through, if you could, the kind of justifications that the governor laid out for for making this decision kind of specifically at this point in time. So last week, the White House laid out its parameters and guidelines for how states can begin to reopen their economies. Um, And Kemp and Public Health Commissioner Kathleen Toomey say that the state is meeting those criteria regarding emergency room visits for flu-like illnesses declining, documented COVID cases per day appearing to flatten and decline. And he's saying that he's confident the state is way more prepared now to handle any effects of this reopening than it was a month ago. Here's what he said. Now, I will say that, you know, when we have more people moving around, we're probably going to have see our cases continue to go up. But we're a lot better prepared for that now than we were over a month ago. We have the hospital bed capacity. Uh, We have the community knowledge. We have a lot of things in place now. The ramped up testing we're doing, the contact tracing that we're going to be doing. And uh, I believe we'll be able to stay on top of it. But like I said in my remarks, if we have an instance where a community starts becoming a hot spot, then, you know, I will uh, take further action. But right now, I feel like we're in in a good spot to move forward. And so what Kemp is saying there, what lots of people who are worried about this move will say, that more people are going to get the virus as people start to move around, as things start to reopen. And his answer is that we'll be ready for it. So, Sam, based on what you've heard about confirmed cases and deaths, I mean, do those numbers sound right? Does that interpretation of where our numbers are sound accurate? You know, it's it's honestly kind of hard to say at this point. So Georgia's Department of Public Health tracks a bunch of different statistics. One of them is the cumulative number of cases of COVID-19 in the state. And if you go to their website, you'll see that that's a number that has been increasing steadily. What is a little bit more variable here is the number of new cases and deaths reported each day. That's a number that per the Department of Public Health data does seem to be declining. Um, It's important to point out, though, that on the DPH's website, they do put a disclaimer about data that's been collected from, from recent days. They acknowledge that there's a lag in their ability to collect this data that's being reported out and that these numbers could change. Uh, and other data trackers, like the one from the health reporting website STAT, which draws on a bunch of different data sources, says that that day-to-day change in Georgia isn't necessarily trending downward at this point. And another reason Kemp cited for why he felt it was okay to start reopening was our testing capacity, that we've made big progress in that. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Sure. Kemp said again yesterday that he was disappointed by the lack of testing in Georgia. He said that multiple times before. Based on some rough number crunching, less than 1% of the entire population of the state of Georgia has been able to even get tested. And at this press event yesterday, uh, Georgia National Guard General Tom Cardin, who's really taken a lead when it comes to expanding testing here in Georgia, said he'd like to see that number be 10%. Even Cardin, though, said he didn't think reaching that 10% goal was was realistic. Um, so maybe that's that's where we are now. How do we get there? The governor announced this expanded relationship the state's going to have with Augusta University to expand access to testing. Um, what the state's done with the university is they've launched an app that people can use to get quickly referred for a test. We'll have to see what impact that has. Another big part of this expanded capacity the governor talked about yesterday was not just testing, but what do you do when you know someone is positive? And that kind of gets to Public Health 101, something called contact tracing. It's the ability of public health officials to say, we know this person X has a disease. Who has been in contact with person X? We need to test them. Where has Person X been? That kind of thing. The state says they are ramping up their ability to do that kind of thing. And again, we'll have to see what kind of impact that has. Kemp also referenced that we've increased our hospital bed capacity in Georgia to handle the demand. Are we seeing that in the numbers? Well, Kim talks about expanded bed capacity. Uh, A big part of what the governor is talking about with that expanded capacity is this kind of pop-up hospital facility that's been created in Atlanta at the Georgia World Congress Center. Um, That's where the state has set up about 200 beds to potentially care for COVID-19 patients. Kemp says that could expand to 400 beds if necessary. It is important to note, though, that Atlanta has actually been down about 200 beds since last year when a flood at Grady Memorial Hospital uh, really damaged a couple of floors there. Those beds aren't back in commission. So, If we're just adding 200 beds at the Georgia World Congress Center to start, that's simply replacing Grady's lost capacity. And hospitals have been trying to get creative and looking for extra space they can maybe put COVID patients if they need to. That's something else that Kemp has cited as this kind of expanded bed capacity. Again, he has said multiple times in the past that that was one of his biggest concerns. Do hospitals have the space to care for people? Now it seems like that concern of his has been um, has been lifted. Emma, I wanted to ask you a little bit about local governments. Are they going to have the ability, say, to enact stricter rules than than what the governor is setting out here? So it appears not. That's something that Kemp mentioned in his address yesterday, that local governments would not be able to loosen restrictions more nor add further restrictions on top of his order that the state order continues to supersede all local emergency ordinances. And Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms confirmed that yesterday that that's that's what her attorneys are telling her as well. That's what the mayor of Atlanta had to say. Emma, what have we been hearing from other local officials about Kemp's announcement yesterday? So Albany Mayor Bodura, and we know that Albany in southwest Georgia has really been at the forefront of this of this outbreak in the state with some of the worst numbers. Bodura said to the AJC, the decision is irresponsible to reopen. I'm flabbergasted that the governor would say we can't take additional precautions to protect our citizens. Augusta Mayor Hardy Davis Jr. told CNN that mayors were caught off guard and surprised that the governor moved as swiftly as he did. But then on the other side, you know, Monroe County, south of Atlanta, that county commission voted last week to urge the governor to reopen the economy by the end of the month. And I think it's worth noting, too, that 
Governor Kemp's getting a lot of feedback from business owners who are understandably really stressed right now, those that are fighting to keep their businesses alive, particularly as federal relief from the Small Business Administration. Those loans have not come through for 80 percent of those that have applied, according to one small business association. And so Kemp has been hearing from those voices as well. But of course, as we know, Sam, there are a lot of public health experts who have had reaction to this, too. What have you been hearing from those experts? Carlos Del Rio, who is an infectious disease doctor at, at Emory and actually a former guest on this podcast, said on Twitter last night that Basically, he didn't agree with Kemp's decision, um, but but he said if the governor is going to make this decision, it's really important that testing and contact tracing needs to be expanded and, and really in place so we know what this outbreak continues to look like as this opening kind of happens. Um, Dr. Joshua Weitz, who's a, a kind of virus data modeler at Georgia Tech, pointed out something I think really interesting on, on Twitter that even at this point in time, there's still lots of people out there, he says, that are still vulnerable to getting the coronavirus coming down with COVID and potentially getting really sick. And so opening up the economy and our society with a lot of people potentially still vulnerable, he says, presents a lot of risk. And and so, Emma, I guess just to just to wrap up, I mean, it really seems that the stakes here have been laid out pretty clearly by the governor. Certainly, he's hearing from business owners about losing their livelihoods. And we'll just have to see the kind of human cost that that potentially comes down the road from from making this decision to try to open the economy. Yeah, I mean, in journalism, we're taught to really avoid the we'll see cliche at the end of every story. But in this case, I mean, there's not much else to say about about what's going to happen. Emma Hurt covers government and politics for WABE. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WABE yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wabe.org slash donate and become a member right now. And thank you.